You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Jesus is good. He's so good. Let's pray. Jesus, I love you. I love you so much. Holy Spirit, come and fill fill my mouth with your words. Yeah, and let my words carry the very heart of the Father. Thank you, Jesus, for this hungry people. For hungry believers who want the more of God, who will not rest until they get all that Jesus paid for with the cross. Thank you for hungry people after your heart, God. Would you come, Lord Jesus? Would you come and stir our hearts? Would you come and pull us closer this morning? God, we accept your invitation. We accept your invitation into the closeness of your heart where you entrust us with the good stuff. You entrust us with the secrets and the mysteries of your heart to the ones who seek you with all of theirs. So God, I open my heart to you and say, help Jesus. Help me reflect exactly who you are like a mirrored image of you. Jesus' name, I just thank you, God, for each heart being pulled and invited into their identity as sons and daughters this morning as I speak and as you move in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. I want everyone to say, I'm ready to open my heart to all that Jesus has for me. I'm ready to open my heart to all that Jesus has for me. I'm ready to open my mind that all that Jesus paid for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. So I want to start off this morning. I'm going to be honest with you. When when I was preparing, some vulnerability here, when I was preparing for the prophetic, you know, I, all of these insecurities inside of me came to the surface because I'm like, I'm not the prophetic one. I'm, you know, I'm the identity one. That's where I live at, you know. I want to equip people in their identity, and I'm not the prophetic one. And Holy Spirit just kind of, you know how he sweetly is? He's, he's like, the identity is the prophetic. You can't operate in your identity. You can't operate in the prophetic if you're not walking in your identity. Well, you can, but it just Jesus won't be with you. <laughs> I mean, you're out there all by yourself. And you know, I I was like, there's so many other people who operate in the prophetic, and he's like, and then he began to just show me this is this is who you are. You operate in the prophetic every day of your life. Just because you don't stand up corporately and give corporate words. Does it mean I haven't called you to be a prophet to the nations, prophet to the city, prophet to your family, prophet to yourself sometimes? 
And so he began to download into my heart the very core of who I am, and it is the prophetic. So first I want to ask you this morning, we do a little interaction. What, I want you guys to just kind of shout out to me, what do you think of when you think of prophecy? What does prophecy mean? What does it look like? Anybody else? Encouragement, hearing God's voice. Anybody else? Releasing God's word, hope. Yes, promises fulfilled. What does, it, what does it look like? What does it mean when you're, if someone says, I'm operating in the prophetic, what are we doing? Loving and loving. What was that? Yeah. Yes. You know what Jesus was telling me? You know what the prophetic is? The prophetic is revealing the heart of the Father to the one in front of you and to the world around you with your life. That's what the, the basis, the foundation of prophetic is revealing the heart of the Father. Because we can give people really good spot on words. But if the Father's heart is not carried on the words that you say, it's going to fall on deaf ears. There's not going to be any power for them to step into it. We're not going to be giving them something that they can grab onto, an invitation to say yes to. They'll just have a really cool experience. And we're really no better than a psychic. Because psychics give people a really good experience and maybe they're not paying us money, but they're paying us with their response. And we get that high from their response, their positive response. Or maybe we get that high from their negative response because we're suffering for the Lord. And those who love the Lord will be persecuted. Jesus was persecuted by the church, but the people that were in, in the bars were drawn to the love that he carried. Jesus was persecuted by the church, but the people out in the streets and the prostitutes came and washed his feet. Because they were drawn to the love that he carried. <laughs> so if we have the world out there persecuting us, maybe we need to reevaluate the love that we're carrying. Yeah, people are going to come after the gospel. But when we're, when we're out with our friends and our family members and everybody has an issue with us, maybe we need to reevaluate the love that we're carrying. Because they should be drawn to the light that's inside of us. John, First John says that the, now the light has come. We carry that light. Prophecy is knowing him. And through knowing him, we are moved by what moves his heart into the action of compassion where we reveal his heart to the one in front of us. We are moved, our hearts are moved by what moves his heart into the action of compassion, which is the prophecy where we reveal the heart of God to the one in front of us. Oh, the compassion of God. Oh, and it isn't just Jesus who carried compassion. He was a perfect, a mirrored representation of the Father, right? A mirrored representation. That compassion comes from the Father. We know that. It's, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave. He didn't just start loving us after Jesus came. He started loving us before the foundations of the world. <laughs> 
And it was because of the Father's great love that he gave. Our Father is compassionate. He's compassionate. In Exodus, it talks about, I'll show mercy on whom I'll show mercy. I'll show compassion on whom I show compassion. And a lot of times we look at that through the filter of, well, God's just going to probably not show mercy on some people that we think he should. And he's probably just not going to show compassion on some people that we think he should. Oh, but when you know the Father, you look at that and you say, man... He's going to show compassion on people that I really think he shouldn't. And he's going to show mercy on people that I really think don't deserve it. Because that's the kind of love that he's shown to me. And when you know him, you can then carry his heart. But if you don't know him, you'll prophesy out of this old covenant and completely negate what the cross did. You'll say the cross doesn't mean anything to me and I'm not giving it access to my life. Because when you prophesy out of the old covenant, power still comes. Because it says the, the call is irrevocable. If you're called into the house of the prophet, it's irrevocable. And you can prophesy out of the old covenant. You can do that and there'll still be power. But there won't be any love. And we won't give them an invitation, something to grab onto and step into Christ. We'll be giving them something that cannot perfect them. And we'll be, you hear what I'm saying? Jesus, the, the compassion comes from the Father, and Jesus was a perfect representation of the compassion of the Father. In the Bible, there's a story of Jesus where he's walking through the crowd of people, and it says he was moved by compassion, and he healed them all. And let me say this. He just came from another town to try to throw him off a cliff, and he got in a boat, and he went to the other side. A lot of us leave a church. We leave a church. We leave a church because of what's going on. And we say that was too much. And we walk away what God's calling us to. But Jesus was thrown off a cliff. That's the kind of persecution that he had. They were going to throw him off a cliff and he got in the boat and went to the other side because he was, he was motivated by love. He was moved by love. To reach, to touch, to bring the kingdom of God is at hand. He wanted to get his hand on. He was compelled by love. So he got in a boat and went to the other side. And he was moved by compassion for all of their sick. And he healed them all. That word moved by compassion in the Hebrew is actually, now don't laugh at me. Shplongnizamai. Shplongnizamai. That's the Hebrew word for moved by compassion. I'll spell it out for you who's taking notes. You can fact check me and then make sure I'm not just making up stuff. Um, it's spelled S-P-L-A-G-C-H-N-I-Z-O-M-I-S. Splanknizomai. I had Google say it for me. It means, moved by compassion means in the innermost parts the actual physical representation, the picture of that looked like. He was so compelled by love, so moved by compassion that he was walking and and it means that he was literally physically being moved in his innermost parts by groaning and weeping. That's what innermost parts, groaning and weeping. A grown man walking through the crowd, moved, groaning and weeping and touching the lepers, touching the untouchable. 
groaning and weeping, moved by compassion because he carried the love of the Father. Oh, how I want the compassion of Jesus to rest on my life. To where I can get down in the dirt and wash the feet of the untouchable and release the heart of the Father to them. I may not be able. You see, I used to, I used to put a lot of pressure on myself when I you know, realized that I had permission because of what Jesus did on the cross and our union with each other to be a participator and not an observer of the gospel. I started to put some pressure on myself and realized that I was operating an unhealthy prophetic because I would start to dread going places because I would be like, well, God's going to give me a word and I'm going to have to give it. I can't look anybody in the eyes. I'm going to get a word for him. I'm going to have to give it. And then, you know, it, when I would step out and do it, it would always be great. But my, you know, when I would be giving my testimony, it would always be like, well, God had me a word and I knew I had to give it. I knew I had to give that word to that somebody because, you know, I was going to be the rescuer and I was going to change everything for him. You know, the pressure's off this morning. The pressure is off. Listen, if your question is, let me say this. We could, there has been some bad teaching about the will of God. And when we look at the will of God and we say, this is the will of God and it's going to happen regardless of whatever everybody does. Then, then what we'll do is we'll say, this is the will of God and I have to do it and it has to be done this way. But there's choice in that. Because it says, it says he's not willing that any should perish. And there's a lot of people perishing. His will is that none should perish. And so if the question inside of yourself is, oh man, God, who are you going to give me a word for today? It's the one in front of you. If your question's like, who, who has the grace for, uh, to come to repentance today, God? Th the answer is the one in front of you. Because he, he, he's not willing that none, any should perish. And so the pressure's off today because, you know, you're not Jesus. You get to look like him and you get to respond like him because of the cross and he's one with you. But you cannot be Jesus for somebody. You cannot be their relationship with Jesus. And what we do when we operate out of the prophetic like that, what starts to get in there, kind of like Jesse talked about last night, is those soul words. And we start to mix our prophecies and our um, awareness of what God is speaking over somebody because he's in love. And we start to mix in our own insecurities. And when we're insecure, our defenses are up. And we start to mix in how we can manipulate people's behavior to be more like what makes us comfortable. And so when we operate from I'm the rescuer, I am the relationship, we start manipulating the very heart of God that's in love and we start taking it out of that into I need to manipulate you into an emotional response to pray a prayer. I need you to pray a prayer or this, or this moment, this encounter with love actually didn't mean anything. It was a waste of my time and my investment. How many times have we poured into people's life and, and haven't seen the change that we wanted and then we think to ourselves, that was a waste of my investment, God. Why are you have this person in my life? 
And then what we're really saying is our identity is in the results. It's not in I'm just being who I am regardless of what happens. So we're really not walking out of who we are. We're walking out of what we need to do and what we need to see to respond from identity, to respond and be who God called us to be. Yeah, I'll do that, Jesus. I'll be all I am as long as everything that I touch turns out the way I think it should be. Every person I pray for, I'll keep praying for healing if everyone I pray for gets healed. I'll keep giving prophetic words if every time I'm spot on. I'll keep chasing people down on the street if every time they come and give their lives to Jesus and get set free from demons and I have a great story to tell. When we do that, that actually hasn't become who we are. It's become working up, doing, 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 and if I don't get the results, then I quit. That's not identity. Identity, identity is represented perfectly in the man Jesus. He, he knew that Judas was going to betray him, but he washed Judas's feet. He got down in the dirt and he washed his feet and he broke bread with him. And he lo- I believe that Jesus loved Judas and he did not withhold his heart from him. And we quit and we, we move on and we leave people in the dust because they're not walking out of the revelation that we are and they don't even have Jesus yet. That really says nothing about that and everything about what we believe about ourselves. I want the compassion of Jesus on my life. I want to be able to get down in the dirt and love people well. But you know what? And this is gonna, This is going to hit something. I know it. Because it hits something in me when I said it to myself. <laughs> Do you ever preach to yourself? Sometimes you got to strengthen yourself in the Lord. And I know my neighbors sitting out on their patio see me in my driveway in my car just like, that's right, Sarah. You get up, spirit. You get up. That is straight from Jesus. <laughs> I'll be in my car just going, hitting the steering wheel. They're just out having a smoke break on their, their porch. Like, it's this crazy lady across the street. <laughs> I don't even know where I, where I was heading with that. I got sidetracked. Oh, okay. Thanks, Kaya. Listen, if we want to... If we want to serve from love, okay, this is what it look, this is what servanthood looks like. People get it confused, and they take they take the Bible, and the enemy deceives us as believers and says that we have to look at ourselves when we look in the mirror, and we need to see something lowly. But the Bible says that when we look in the mirror, it should be like a mirrored image of Jesus, as we behold Him. Glory to glory. And so when we take this false humility and we walk around in our insecurity, and we will work for his love. We will work to, to be able to be good enough, prepared enough, holy enough, um, 
to be able to operate in, in the prophetic will work for the gift. God, I want more of you, so I'm going to fast more. God, I want more of you, so I'm going to worship harder in the worship service. God, I want, I want more of this gifting. Look, it, it says seek him with all of your heart, but it doesn't mean work and I'll give you good stuff. He just gives it because he's good and that's who he is. But what I, what I want to say to you today, and I just felt it so strongly, I was just crying in my living room. If we want to learn to serve well, if we want to be, because that is what the prophetic is. We serve well, but we have to serve from identity. And that means a royal priesthood. So we know what we walk in, but we're, we get down low and we invite people into the priesthood into the royalty, into sonship, into daughtership. We get down low because we know our worth and we're not too prideful to get down to show somebody else their worth, just as Jesus did when he washed the disciples' feet. And if we want to serve others well, we have... mm, In Romans, it says that he, he poured out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. If we want to be able to pour out his love, we have to first, do you want to be a partaker in something that someone's inviting you into that they aren't receiving themselves? Do you want to go on a juice cleanse with somebody who's offering you a juice cleanse, but they are not going on the juice cleanse themselves? Like, do this juice cleanse. I heard it's really good, but I'm not going to do it. Listen, he poured his love into our hearts. We're not going to be able to love people well, serve people well, if we don't first be partakers in the divine nature, if we don't first be partakers of the love that he poured into our, us, into our hearts. We will never serve well if we don't allow Jesus to serve us well. It says that he laid his deity aside and became a servant. He laid his deity aside, all of the uh, rights he had in his godliness. All of the benefits of his godliness he laid aside and came to the earth as a servant. And he is the picture of sonship. A man fully dependent on the spirit of God. A man fully dependent on his father. I do what I see the father do. I say what I hear the father saying to me. And if we don't learn, and it sounds crazy, but if we don't learn to allow Jesus to serve us well, we will never have a picture of what servanthood looks like. We will never be able to serve others well. Because he got down and he washed the disciples' feet. He came as a servant to show us what it looks like to serve well. Have you let Jesus serve you with his love? Because we will never be able to carry his heart if we don't know his love for us. So if we want to love well the person in front of us with the prophetic, we reveal the heart of God to them. I used to think that 
I used to just think that I needed to have like the spot on word of knowledge, which is amazing if you do. It's amazing. But I used to think I needed to have that and that was operating in the prophetic. But I would be out places and I would be so moved by love. And I would see people, I'd be in the drive-thru and I'd just reach out and grab their hand and say, Jesus loves you. Your life is worth living, you know. And they were just like, oh, that many, you know. But I would just be so moved by love. But that is what the heart that you need to have to operate in the prophetic like Jesus did. He was moved by compassion and he wept as he touched people and was seeing their lives restored. And that's the heart. I want to have that heart behind the prophetic. Because I can go and I can stand in a crowd and have a spotlight on me and say people's addresses and phone numbers. But if I don't carry the heart of the Father, I'm giving them nothing to step into. I'm giving them nothing. I'm giving them no power. When we carry the love, it's actually introducing them to Jesus. It's saying, this is the one. This is the one who loves you. This is the one. And when you can carry that heart, you can be at the grocery store and just look at someone and say, do you know how much Jesus loves you? And they'll sit and cry and you'll hold them in your arms. If we want to, and something that's really, really great is that when I was talking about how you can operate in the prophetic for the person in front of you. It's always the person in front of you. Thank you, Kaya. It's always the person in front of you. The one in front of you. Just love them well. Just love them well and God will begin to entrust you with more of his heart. He will entrust you with more of his heart. As we step out and take risks, heaven is attracted to it. If, as we step out and punch fear in the face, heaven is attracted to it. When I get scared of something, I run after it because God will not, God will not give me discernment and use the tools as the enemy. And I'm talking about fear. God will not use the same tactics as the enemy to teach me. He will use love and compassion and kindness and gentleness and truth. If I'm afraid of something, that's not, that's not discernment and being wise and saying, I, don't, I feel something off with that. Because God is not going to guide me and teach me through fear. Because he is love. So if something scares me, I know I need to face it. If something scares me, I run towards it. You know, if I miss the moment... I just go back and, and do it anyways. And I begin to practice this in my life and it attracts heaven and he entrusts you with more. And, and, and you know what? And I've been doing this and he hasn't given me any more um, special ride on words for people. But guess what? I'm freer than I've ever been in my entire life. And I'm, I am so more aware of the love of God in the room than the fear of man in a room the judgments of others in the room. And you know what? Listen, I want to ask you a question. And I just felt like the Lord just put it on my heart right now. 
I want to ask you a question. What would you be, what would you, what is the dreams of your heart? If you can think of, we're in the line of the prophetic, in the line of being a lover of Jesus, being so full of love, so full of compassion, compelled by love to reach the people around you, because that's what the prophetic's for, right? What would you, what is the, the radical, riskiest thing that you've heard about other people doing? That you've had an idea about, oh man, if I did this right now, that would be awesome. That you've seen other people doing. And then what is holding you back from doing it? Because it's certainly not God. And if you're waiting on an audible voice to say, hey, stand up in this grocery store and ask people if they know Jesus. Hey, stand up on this table at the Starbucks and, and ask people if if they need healing in their body, to come over and you're going to pray for them. You ever, you ever hear about radical stories? I heard this story once where there was a, a, a student in a specific um, group, college, and um, he went to this grocery store and he started praying for somebody in line. And um, the person got healed, and he was hype. He grabbed the mic, the the grocery store thing, and was like, who needs, is this okay? And the girl was like, yeah, because she just saw a miracle. He's like, who needs healing in this room? God's releasing the grace for healing. Come line up right here in this checkout aisle, whatever. Line whatever. We're gonna, God's going to heal you, and if you don't know Jesus, come and see that he's real. And if you don't know Jesus, he loves you and want a relationship with you. Just living, just living life being amazing. Just living life fearless. You ever thought about doing something crazy like that? And this is like, that'd be nice for somebody. Or I could have did that, missed that moment. Listen, just punch fear right in the face. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? People are going to be like, no thanks. You just go on with your life. Look, God's, God will entrust us as we take risks. He'll entrust us with more. And even if he doesn't give us our words of knowledge, gift doesn't grow when we take risks, who cares? If we are releasing the love of God and stomping on fear, who cares? Who cares? That's how we love the world around us. Love the one in front of you and the way that we love the world around us is a prophetic lifestyle and it looks like living in our God-given identity as sons and daughters of God. And that's how we reveal the heart of the Father to the world around us. It's in all that we do. It's in everything. It's actually, the prophetic is actually worship to God. Just as walking in our identity is worship to God. In Romans, uh, hold on a second here. In Romans 12, 1 through 2, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and his perfect will. 
That's our proper worship, the renewing of our mind. And for me, that's walking in your identity when your mind's renewed. Because guess what? Because of the cross, we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ now. The pressure's off. It changed everything for me when I was putting all that pressure on myself to be somebody's savior. All of a sudden, God was like, listen, I'm in love. I'm in love. The love I have for you, you feel that love? I'm in love with the one in front of you. And heaven, all of heaven is gushing about them right now. He, the thoughts that he has for you, his good thoughts, because his will for us is what? Good and perfect. So his thoughts are not going to be um, counterfeit to who the, his will for us. And so his thoughts for us outnumber the sands. Outnumber the grains of sands, his good thoughts. Heaven is gushing about the thoughts of God for us. And guess what? Now we know I, we have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2, we're going to read that whole chapter in a second. We have the mind of Christ now. And so guess what? It's not a big chore, chore a working up to have to be in my car with my worship music on praying before I go into the gym to get a word for somebody. Had to have had my quiet time in the morning or God's not pouring out. The cross has been pouring out 2,000 years ago. It doesn't stop pouring because I didn't get into the word that day. The call on my life is irrevocable. Regardless of my behavior. And I said that. Guess what? The pressure's off because I have the mind of Christ now. So it's just as simple as tuning into the conversation that God's already having about the one in front of me. He's gushing over them. He loves them. And all I have to, I just tune into what God is saying. So the prophetic lifestyle for me looks like, man, I just hear Jesus gushing about you. He loves you. He loves you in that job that you want, that you have in your heart. He's got you. Trust him. Do you know him? Because he knows you. And it's as simple as a tuning into the conversation that heaven is already having on. I don't have to conjure up some kind of conjuring. I don't have to get real in tune. And look into their eyes and be like, I see is your shoulder hurting? No, knee. Do you have a daughter? Do you have a son? <laughs> Are you married? Do you want to be? <laughs> Been there. And that's okay. There's grace for that. Practice. People don't know. They have no, people don't believe that God is real. They have no thoughts about him. Or maybe they do, but they're already bad. So you being a weirdo in front of them isn't going to change their mind about God. You're not going to make it worse. You know, well, you could make it worse if you say, well, God's really mad at you. You're going to go to hell if you don't give your life to him right now. That's pretty bad. Never get somebody a prophetic word you don't want to hear for yourself. Because it probably didn't come from the heart of a good father. You're going into a season of darkness. Watch out. You know what God says? God says, I'm with you. Sometimes we discern things in the spirit. Because I'm a feeler and I'll discern things. Listen, it's not prophetic to call out people's junk. Because the world can see junk. 
It's just observant. It doesn't take any kind of supernatural ability. It doesn't take any kind of relationship with Jesus to look at an addict and say, you're in a mess. You really need to stop it. Because judgment is coming. And you will be caught in the hailstorm. And this is your one opportunity. <laughs> that's not, that's, that doesn't take, that's not prophetic. That's just observant and judgy. And manipulative. And I need you to do something to make me feel better. Like I had some kind of part in this. It's prophetic to look at the prostitute and say, God sees you as pure and holy and he loves you. It's prophetic to look in the eyes of a homosexual and say, you are a son. You are loved. You are dearly loved by the father and he gave his life for you. God's been running after you with his goodness. You know what's even more prophetic? To look at that same person and say, God has a job for you, and it's going to be a good one. And he's going to pour out his favor on your life. To look at them and see past their sin. And prophesy the heart of God over him. And let Holy Spirit be the one who comes and says, I'm inviting you out of this. Because I am not going to take the job of Holy Spirit. Because I will grieve his heart. And we think we're operating in, in, the, in the prophetic. But we're really grieving the Holy Spirit. Because there is no love attached to it. It's just an assignment to get people to behave better. The prophetic is carrying his heart. In all that we say. In all that we do. Jesus was the heart of the Father for humanity wrapped in flesh. He was the perfect representation of what a prophetic lifestyle looks like, of what identity looks like. The heart of the Father wrapped in flesh. He said, do you not know? Do you not know that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? Well, Jesus, if you just show us what he looks like, then we'll believe. He was the perfect representation. going to read that whole verse, but I just don't feel it. So. I want you guys to turn to 2 Peter 1, 3.
I just believe that the Lord was showing me that we need to get back to the basics. We need to get go back to the basics. We all know how how to give people words. Where you're, I'm assuming if you're here, you're in that culture. I'm assuming that if you're here, how many people in this room have given a corporate prophetic word? How many in this room have given a prophetic word outside of the church? How many operate in words of knowledge? Awesome. You're amazing. You're amazing. I believe that the Lord was telling me we need to get back to the basics because we know how to do the stuff. We know how to do the stuff when we know it so well that we don't really need him to do it. We don't need him too much. We got it down. We got the we can do it. And he, he was showing me that, that it all comes from identity. If we're not rooted and grounded in our identity in him, then we'll do it and we won't really need him. Because we'll take it on as what I can do, what I can give, what I can bring. And we'll go after the power. We'll gather around people with anointing and not character. And we'll produce stuff and not character in our life. And it all comes down to this. This is, this is the power comes from him. I can't get away from it. One, one day I was sitting in my car and I was, um, I was preaching to myself. And the Lord was speaking to me and he was saying, you know, we have this idea. You have this idea that there needs to be this great exchange every time you get, you're with me. That there, you know, when we first come to the Lord, there's this beautiful exchange that happens. Like it says in Ezekiel 36, 26, he gave us a new heart, took the heart of stone and gave us a heart of flesh. It's not to be confused with the flesh that we think of when we think of walking in our flesh, but actually he took that flesh, that, what that's referring to, out of us, the stone that could not understand the things of God. It was stony could not be moved because it was stony, could not be moved by him. And he put a new heart inside of us. So guess what? We have new desires now. And he gave us that. And when we first came to Jesus, that beautiful exchange happened. And all, we felt light and free. And, you know, there was probably crying and there was this beautiful exchange that took place. And then every moment after that, when you would get into the, get into the presence and be with Jesus, he's speaking to me and he's saying, and you, f- you feel like there needs to be this exchange of things. Like, you bring me, here's my stuff to you, God. There's my offering. And then now you give me the more stuff. 
And he's like, that's great and amazing. You know, we do that when we get with Jesus. We have our quiet time or whatever we like to call it. And we say, oh, God, it, that was so amazing. Here's those, those prophetic words I gave to the person at the store today and those people that got healed. And, you know, I preached a really good sermon on Sunday and someone gave their lives to Jesus. Here's my stuff to you. Here's my stuff. What do you got for me? And like there's this needs to be this exchange, but I felt like the Lord was saying, would you just be with me? Because the prophetic starts with knowing him. Would you just, would you be with me? That's so great. I'm so proud of you. Thanks for being who I created you to be. But could you just be with me? And I felt like he was showing me that that we go and, and we treat him like a, we use him up and get what we need. We treat, we treat Holy Spirit like I, I, need, I need to be seen. I need to be touched. I need to be fulfilled. I need, to, I need all of these things met in me from you, Holy Spirit. So we come to Sunday morning, get it. And then, and, then, and then we're like, okay, and then I can save that for another time. And we get what we need to do the stuff. And then after we do the stuff, we bring, we bring it to him and we're like, okay, I need my touch again. And it's like we're treating the Holy Spirit like this one night stand. Just use you for what I need to get what I need from you. And then so I can do all the stuff. And I'll come back to you when I need more stuff. And I felt like the Lord was telling me in that moment that all this stuff is great and it's all a part of what I'm doing. But if you don't know me, then I'm not in it. If you don't know me, then my love is not going to be on it. The power that you're looking for comes from the love. It comes from knowing him. It comes from sitting and letting him serve you well so that you could serve others well. And, you know, I really wanted to do like a cool activation, do something fun. But I just feel like I just feel like the Lord wants to invite you into a moment to allow him to serve you well. So that you can see a perfect picture of servanthood and allow yourself to receive so that you could pour out from knowing him. So that you could pour out from being completely filled. He's given you a new heart. So you don't have to bring him a broken one every time. What would it look like if we loved him with our whole heart? Our new one. And not just out of a broken place. I believe that he'll entrust us with so much more. When we just let him serve us. Because that's who he wants to be for us. In moments. So what I'd like to do is go, Sam, would you just come up? I want to pray over you guys. And, and what, I, what I would like to do, we're at a conference, we might as well. I would like you, if you feel like this is from God and you, and you want to be a participator in this. Because remember, listen, 
It says we are, particip- we are partakers of the divine nature. In the NIV, it says we're, we participate in the divine nature. We are participators of the gospel. We're not observers. We are participators. He wants to partner with us. And so what I would like to do, if, if you would like to, if you would respond this morning, I w- would like to have you guys line up up here. And I'm going to ask the Lord to come and to, um, and to just sh- show you what servanthood looks like and love you well in this moment. And I believe that, I believe that he's going to do something new in our hearts that actually activate us in the prophetic like it was meant to be. That actually activates something in our heart that allows the, the direct line from the Father's heart to be released like never before. To where, that's where, that's where the very shadow of Jesus, the very shadow that we carry, the shadow of Paul healed people because I believe the very image of God, the love that he carried was actually pulling people into sonship, pulling people into their identity, into wholeness because he carried his whole heart and he sought the Lord with his whole heart and as he walked around with his whole heart, the earth responded to it by stepping into wholeness. And if we're going to be a church who's effective, then we need to be a church who walks in wholeness. And sometimes it just takes, God, I'm going to let you serve me well. Even though it's uncomfortable and I feel like I should be serving you. When, When I come to the Lord and I say, how can I serve you well? He looks at me and he says, let me wash your feet. Because that's the kind of love that he has. So what I would, I would ask you to do this morning is respond and to come and make a line right here in the front. And we're just going to posture our hearts to receive from the Lord. And I just want to bless you. And I believe this morning that, that as I bless you from a whole heart, that there's going to be an invitation for your heart to step into wholeness if it hasn't been. And it's going to be an invitation for you to step into compassion and love for the person in front of you like never before. As, as Christ, the anointed one, serves you well this morning. Hallelujah. So if you guys just want to close your eyes and, part, and just position your heart to receive from the Lord this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Just bless you. Just bless you. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.